I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, we are going to go to the Hall of Capitas fan hotline and talk to our good friend Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Chris covers Pitt uh, and um, a number of other things, including the Steelers. Uh, but, Chris, I, I presume that you uh, got to listen in today to Jeff Capel uh, on the Zoom call. And uh, what are your impressions about what happened this week with his two players leaving? Well, I was privileged to be in that Zoom call and, uh, you know, sit in and, and hear what he got to say and ask him questions. Um, Paul, there's a lot of things that I think that Jeff Capel has had to go up against in his time at Pitt. And I really see, and, you know, I, we've, I've talked about this. I believe I mentioned this last week when I was on your show as well. But I really think that something that Pitt really went up against that we kind of overlooked at the time when he took over for Kevin Stongs in 2018 and he needed Trey McGowan, Xavier Johnson, Audie's totally like he needed those guys to step up and be huge players on that team without really having anyone in front of them because I mean, he inherited nothing when he came, when, when he got from Kevin Stallings. I really think that had a bigger impact on his ability to develop those guys as players, as individuals, as, as student athletes, because, you know, back when Ben Howland got Brandon Knight and Donis Tavakis in his first in his first year, he had you know Ricardo Greer and several players in front of them, who they could look up to and be like and, and push them in practice and say, hey, you don't know what it's like to be to play at this D one level, young buck. And um, you know, I think it's something that we kind of overlooked then. You know, something that uh, when I talked to Jerry DePaula and thing, you know, you know, it's a guy that's been around for for you know for a while and knows the pit beat. Um, you know, he brought up, he brought us when I was talking to him about, about X, he brings up how, you know, during that, that freshman year of his, he at one point said he doesn't plan to be at Pitt in four years and not because he was transferring. He thought he was going to the NBA. Uh, I think that these guys got a understanding that they were running the team that they had, that they knew what it, what it took to be, uh, to be competitive in the ACC, um, even though they had never been. And I think that that kind of, that kind of rolled over. And that was something that Jeff Capel couldn't kind of crack from them um, because they got that taste of, you know, being young phenoms and exciting a program that, you know, was coming from a really tough place with stalling. And now we're kind of seeing where that takes you, where they're all in their junior seasons. And Trey McGowan transferred last March. And now within a, I mean, within a calendar year, within, you know, 365 days of each other, all three of those guys are now gone. Um, I think it's a serious challenge for Jeff Capel right now, Paul, obviously. But it's something that I, I got to say I was impressed by in the call where he was like, you know what, I did fa- I did used to be really afraid of fire. That was my worst be- fear as a coach was being fired. He got fired from Oklahoma. Um, and when he said that, he was like, you know what, I know that no matter what happens, I got to stick to what I believe is the direction for the program. And that was a sense that like, hey, this is a guy who, yes, things are rough right now but he still seems to have his head on straight and saying, you know what, we got to go forward with who wants to be here. 
Well, I think that was one of the telling things in his statement, which was, I think his statement was something to the effect of, you know, we're going to move forward and we're going to recruit guys, you know, and, and hopefully we can continue to work with guys who, who really want to be here. Um, that's That said it all, really, to me, in that he basically just told those guys, you're either all in or you're all out. And they decided, you know what, they, they want to be all out. And I got to say, in saying all that, like he just simply said, hey, because he never used the phrase like all out. And, and yet, that's, yeah, I'm not saying you're putting words in his mouth there, Paul. I'm simply saying at every turn that he could have said something negatively about Xavier or about Audis, he didn't. He he was always like, hey, and he even I think one of the first things he said on his on the Capel show last last night on ninety three point seven the fans is that people are judging these young men way too harshly right now in a time when things are really insane, you know, for the student athletes in the middle of COVID and all the things you got to go through and the things and, and the things that weigh on your mind. Um, and, and even today, he he never bashed those those kids. He said, you know, we we wish the best for them. And you know, I remember during the Kevin Stallings there on his own show where he would be talking about players, and if they didn't do it, what he, would, he, would, he would just openly take to bashing them for not delivering in certain situations. And I was just be like, wow, like that, that's, that's rough. And, again, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a full-time beat writer at the time. I was you know, just a part-time guy that, that, that wrote sometimes about the NFL. But I remember listening to that because I've followed the Pitt basketball program since the Howland days. Um, and I just was like, wow, but I, Jeff Capel doesn't do that. And that's, that's again, why I have a, I still have a sense that he knows what it takes to get to where they need to get to, but he still, it, it takes time to dig, to dig yourself out of the hole that they dug, that pit basketball dug itself in. So, um, again, I think it's rough, but I think it's just the realities of, you know, the, the struggles that you're going to face when you're not a blue blood and when you fall off the way that pit fell off you know, a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's pretty clear to me, honestly, that, um, you know, if you look at what Jeff Capel is going to have to do going forward here, um, you know, I was talking a little bit about it in in the segment before. He's going to have to go get a couple of transfers, isn't he? I mean, he's going to have to get some guys that are a little bit older with a little bit of experience. He can't just bring in five freshmen next year or else, you know, we could be talking about two or three years where, uh, you know, before they're even back to being, you know, competing for NCAA tournament berth. No, I agree. Uh, I think that this, some of what has to happen are some transfers because you need veteran players. You got, you need guys that know what it's like to play at the D1 level and, uh, and can push other guys to say, hey, this is the expectation what it takes. Even if they're not part of, even if they're not longtime Pitt Panthers. If there's a guy like, hey, I've played at this level for two or three years now, and you freshmen coming in, you don't know what this takes. And to send that unified kind of message, um, I think that's huge. I still think a huge part of this, Paul, will be whether or not Justin Champagne returns next year. You know, Jeff kind of just put it plainly. and was like, hey, we still don't know if he is returning next year. Uh, you know, that's something we're saving for after the season when we'll talk to him and his family about what's the, what's the best plan moving forward. Um you know, so that's still up in the air. We know he said. We know that Champagny himself said last week he was looking forward to the opportunity to play his twin brother in college basketball next year. Um, and there was, you know, there's been some recent draft projections that has his twin brother going ahead of Justin. So, um, you know, that's that would be interesting if both of them ended the NBA draft. But if, if they don't, you know, and, and they play next year, you could at least use Champagny 
as the rallying point because he is a guy who I do think gets the message that that, that Capel is sending out there because I, I do get the sense. I mean, we saw it, you know, when they lost to Florida State, or not to Florida State, when they lost to NC State and Jeff Capel after the game was just like, we've been telling Xavier Johnson for years to, to, that he has to avoid those technical fouls. And I'm not sure what gets through to him at that point. You know, that's where I'm like, man, like that's, it's obvious that they that there were some frustrations that he was not taking the lessons. And, and Xavier Johnson would say the right things after the games, but then would still make the same mistakes. Champagny is the guy who we've seen improve uh, from last year and even from earlier in this season when he's, he's found different ways to beat teams that are trying to double-team him or get physical with him. I think he needs to have guys that are tone-setters like that. So, yes, they do need to get some guys in the transfer portal as well as add to their freshmen. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the formula that they're going to have to have going forward. Um, you look at now, you know, what they have, um, what is sort of how they survive these next three or four games or whatever it's going to be until the end. I mean, when you just lost two of your three best players, two of your three best, you know, highest scoring players, um, you know, what what's the – What's sort of, you know, the attitude and formula for finishing this season, uh, finishing it strong? I think one thing is uh, they know that they still got Justin Champagne, so they need to work the ball around him. Um, I think Femi Udakale, this is going to be a very serious test for him to see if he can run the offense for the majority of the game. Um, he, had, he had been playing more minutes lately, Paul. He had been playing like average around 20 minutes per game in the last five games anyways, because Xavier Johnson was getting into that foul trouble. Um, but, you know, I'm interested to see how he plays into this year and see, like, okay, now that I'm the guy that does run the offense, where does the scoring threat come from for Pitt? You know, we know Justin Champagne's up there. We know, You assume Nike Sabande is going to creep into that starting lineup, and and um, I, I think it's going to test Isio Horton a lot more. He's going to need to seriously fit into that role as a shooter. Um, from outside to kind of space things out. Um, but, you know, they're, and they're going to need Savante to kind of be more of the slasher. And we saw we saw shades of that against Florida State. I think that's a big part of the answer. But for Femi Udakali, 
who's still working on becoming a pure scorer because um, we we know Xavier Johnson could take off and you know get serious points on his way. You know he also you know got his turnovers and his personal fouls. If Odakale can be the guy that facilitates the offense and makes sure everything's running the right way, and th- that would kind of negate him maybe not having the scoring threat ability that Johnson does right here and now. And again, I'm not saying that Femi can't get there because I think that he can. Like he's shown like he can hit from the pro spot. Yeah, um, he's shown that he can he can drive when he wants to. He's shown that he has the length and you know the physicality to take to to take on guys when he's when he's driving to the hole. Um, but it, it's that's a lot to ask of a freshman right away to say, hey, run the offense and become a scoring threat and do this and do that. Right now, I think they should they should go into this game, start Matthew Sabande and uh, and Isio Horton along with Champagne Koulibaly and Odakale, and you know start working in Noah Collier, William Jeffress. Those those guys and see what you can build on. But the scoring threat, they they need to, they do need to find you know ways to answer. I think Sabani can help with that, and Champagne, you still let him lead. Um, but you know, hey, maybe this is where you start to see some of these, this freshman class show up and make some big plays. Even if they don't win games, if they can show you that they have the potential to score and to create on their own, that would be huge moving forward. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, obviously, you want to win as many games as you can possibly win. But isn't it um, imperative sort of for Jeff Cable to also figure out what he's got with a lot of these younger guys, maybe get them a little bit of, ex- you know, game experience and, 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 and figure it out before the end of the season? I agree entirely, Paul. That's absolutely part of what has to happen from now on because, you know, when they were 8-2 and two and 4-1, and one, we were talking about, you know, this team, if they, if they can just not have a collapse, if they can – keep this momentum going through the rest of the season, they'd have a legitimate shot at making the NBA, the NCAA tournament. But, you know, that didn't happen. Um, and now you're in a position where, hey, we're not just playing to win out this year. Even though you want to win out, you want to send you want to send the right message. But you're also playing to see who who can who steps up in that in that way. And I know that in previous games where William Jefferson and Noah Collier didn't play, I would ask Jeff Capo, like, hey, why didn't these guys play? They're freshmen. You, you know, they're huge. They're, they're, they're supposed to be part of your future. And he said, guys earn playing time. And I think that that was a message that in practice they weren't earning enough. Um, but now it's a question as far as, okay, you know, you need to know the role that you're in and that you need to step up here and who takes advantage of this opportunity. And Jeff did say during those meetings today, hey, uh, this was the most spirited practice week we've had in a bit. And uh, we had a lot of – well, he didn't say it that way. He said it more like, you know, this was a very upbeat, you know, few few practices they had this week, you know, with players knowing what's going on. So we'll we'll see how they play against NC State. They're on the road on Sunday. Um, You know, of course, they lost by one point to NC State at home. We'll see how that plays out. But um, I I would look for a lot more William Jefferson and Noah Collier in in this upcoming lineup and seeing how they're they're subbed into the game and – you know, does Pitt say, hey, you know, Jeffress, you only average like two points a game or something like that. You know, go in there and we're telling you to, to try to create and do things on your own to, to make your points. Yep. Uh, well, uh, uh, you know, Chris, I, I really appreciate you taking some time and breaking it down. And, and uh, you know what? You've got uh, probably a very interesting couple of months here covering that program as, as they, they move into the recruiting cycle. Absolutely. They still don't have a single recruit named for this season yet. Um, so that's very interesting. But uh, we'll see who they try to get late in the process here. Maybe they add a, a guy in the in the front court that would really help their case. Um, but, yeah, Paul, it's going to be very interesting while I'm doing that and still covering the NFL draft, you know, 
which pit players get drafted there and also who do the Steelers select and where do they go from there. So it, it's going to be a fun spring here. I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, wh- where things go from here. Uh, but I, I'm also – I'm encouraged by what I see but from, you know, Jeff Kibble. The way that he responded today to a lot of the questions, I felt like he's like, hey, I've been here before. I'm not blinking. I'm looking at this, you know, and saying, what, you know, we got to do X, Y, and Z. I do think Capel's kind of backed into a corner, and I do think there's a sense that, like, hey, you got to start producing with some of the recruits you bring in. But I also think that he understands that, and he's like, hey, I've been here before with Oklahoma, which honestly was a much worse situation. I mean, you saw some of the guys that transferred out of there and the other problems that had nothing to do with him. Um, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see how he, how he responds as a coach and how he can get that response out of his players in the next, you know, you know, few months and few years. Uh, Chris, thank you, buddy. Thank you, Paul. All right. That's Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports. You can find him, obviously, at DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, I'm Paul Zeiss. It's 93.7 The Fan.